0: Your host, Heather Ashley, and welcome to another episode of Women of Her Story, a podcast dedicated to celebrating women who have made or are making their mark on our society. Today I have with me the always captivating, creative, and beautiful Julia Cavagna. She is an actress with the Metropolitan Opera. Thank you so much for joining us today, Julia.
1: Thank you for inviting me.
0: At the time of this interview, we're all in quarantine. And hopefully by the time this airs, we will be able to live in the world again. That being said, as a performer with the Metropolitan Opera, how did this affect your season?
1: Initially, they closed the theater until, I think, March 29th. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I was rehearsing Bertha uh, and the, the opening was coming like... In three days or something like that, and then they announced that the closure will will go until next season. Mm. So the theater will be closed until September, August.
0: Oh wow! They just entirely so, yeah eliminated the remainder of the season. That's pretty rough. How yeah. how how was that? Hearing that news. Initially,
1: I I'll take it like fine. Because I thought, okay, fine, it's 15 days. I can handle it. We'll have, I don't know, one of the performance, if we have it. And then I was, also Bohem was coming back. And after that, when they announced that the close will be until next season, I thought, okay, I like as many other people in this country and citizens, I'm just a visa holder, I found myself with, I lost my shop basically, which is like mm-hmm. a seventy percent
0: of my income. Oh, that's that's tough. So <laughs> absolutely tough. And you've you've lost all these other gigs as well. You know the the arts have taken a major hit. Yeah.
1: Yes. Also, I was like rehearsing other two like off off Broadway plays, and also they cancelled. So the only thing that I'm doing right now is teaching to kids through Zoom. I teach as at PS 89 in Brooklyn, so I keep teaching that those classes, and I'm trying to add two more. Mm-hmm. And I run a program, Theater to the People. It's a service, a social service, so I don't see money from there. If I don't get a grant or a fellowship, I don't receive any kind of money. I run the program with another. Uh, artist, writer and director. She's also a musician, Kate Bell. So that thing keeps running via Zoom too. But we don't receive money from the students. I won't ask for money right now to them because they are, they are in the same situation as
0: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. us. Putting, putting aside COVID-19, going back to to the Met, what's it like performing with that, with that company?
1: Oh, it's it's a gift
0: <laughs> <laughs> a
1: wonderful opportunity yes yes, it is because um, you know I, I got into the Met uh, through auditions with Electra uh, Patrice Cherot production at that time Patrice was already passed away so he wasn't in this <laughs> war anymore but I did the audition via Skype And then in the theater, but the director was like seeing the audition via Skype. And and then I had a callback and suddenly I was working at the (laughs) Met. (laughs) Uh, And it was a wonderful experience. And after that, they kept calling me because I think they like what I do. I'm like this kind of weird (laughs) human being. I can do tragedy. I can do clown for sure, Uh, as you know. (laughs) and puppetry so yes when they need me they call me but i'm a freelance i i would like to clarify that thing
0: Mm -hmm. i'm not
1: part of the met like on a regular basis i'm a Mm -hmm. freelancer and they call me when someone asks for me
0: yeah yeah so you do so you're not i'm clarifying so you're you're not a singer with the met so you you come in specifically for um Mainly, I would, maybe character acting, is that generally your your shtick?
1: Yes, yes it is.
0: Has um, that always been who you are as an actress, or did you find that at a later date?
1: It's something that I start to do with the mutt. I didn't do it before. Normally, I have, like, like I'm more like a co-star, or maybe I'm an future actress. Here, I'm more like a character actor. And it's something that I do with them. And I'm grateful sometimes it's a job that is diminished because of the term and because I'm not a singer. But when you start to work in such a theater, no? such a building, mm-hmm. that machine that it is the match, you realize how important we are in order to tell the story to the audience. Yes, we are not the singers, we are not the musicians, but if we are not there, sometimes some of the scenes has no coherence.
0: The productions are obviously incredibly large. Are you able to bond with your, with your fellow actors and performers the way you would with a smaller cast?
1: Yes, no doubt. Yeah, yes. The singers are very nice, very friendly. Um, the directors are cool, most of them too. Um, for example, the th- last production that I did there was Agrippina and it was small cast. I think there were like seven singers and maybe 20 in the actors like area. and we were just like us coming and on and off of the stage and doing everything so the piece need us and that was very important for for the whole community. <laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, yourselves as a community.
0: Mm-hmm. Have you found that any other fellow cast members are are also coming from out of the United States, or have you have you found it to be mostly American-born actors?
1: It's mostly Americans, North Americans, but yes, I have uh... A co-worker is from South Africa. I have other two workers from Russia. Yes, it, it's a, at this point it's a nice mix. I cannot deny that. I don't know how many Latin American females that they have in the in the like, the group of workers, but yes, you you can start to find like the last. I'm I'm new at the theater. I started to work with them in twenty sixteen, but since then uh, I can recognize like. a nice palette of colors
0: and nationality. Oh, that's great. That's see, I feel like I, from as an audience member and, and looking at their, their seasons in general, I feel like I've, you know, in the last probably 10 years, it could have been before as well, but for myself and noticing in the last 10 years, I feel like they have made a conscious effort in including, you know, all, all races, all types. It's not just uh, the beautiful soprano and the charming co-star, you know.
1: Yes, I would like to say that this is a tricky one. Uh, the <laughs> Metropol- claro, because the the Metropolitan Opera, it's a theater that works with uh, history. You know, it could be a museum. Mm-hmm. So I think the theater as any other institution is part of a society and that society has a, like history and that history is involved in a kind of in a culture. So the changes maybe are not perfect, are not like completely aligned with the things that are happening in other areas in the society, but they are trying so. And because they are trying so, we are able to keep pushing. There's a dialogue. There's mm-hmm. a... You know, and you mm-hmm. can notice it even when not always the final result is the one that you want or you expect. You see them sing, okay, the X or Y singer cannot keep being like, I don't know, a blue eyes guy, like guys mm-hmm. wake up and they, they are doing the waking up. But I think sometimes institutions walk. I feel society sometimes go forward, and institutions follow the changes in society.
0: Mm-hmm. And I can
1: see that. I don't know if my answer is like clear enough.
0: Oh, it's that. Yeah, that's absolutely clear. I know. I I know exactly what you're trying to say. Um, what What's been your favorite moment so far with the company?
1: My favorite moment with the company. Uh, it was you no know, that. Electra. Electra, I think the 70% of the cast was female singers and actresses. Wow. Yeah. And that was a very cool like, you know, first step into the theater. And then Agrippina for sure.
0: Mm -hmm. You
1: can see like the balance of nationalities and the balance of gender inside of the cast. Also, if you have the chance to see even a trailer of the play, of the opera, uh, Nerone, it's played for a female and it's, I think, one of the strongest characters inside of the opera, besides Agrippina, which is played by uh, Joyce Di Donato.
0: Do you feel, as an actor, as a character actor, with them, have, <laughs> you, have you found that you're able to utilize those skills that you're honing there in other productions, other parts of your acting? Yes. Uh,
1: basically because I work with an orchestra and in order to do so you need to follow the music and that asks you for some kind of clarity and like go to the point don't fool around
0: mm-hmm. you know when you're
1: acting so that's that's a kind of pain training. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, yes, since I worked there, I, I use some of the tools that I get from the Met in smaller productions, no doubt about it. And also, it's very interesting to work there for the kind of uh, staging that they have. So that opened my imagination quite a bit.
0: Mm, I'd never thought about that. That's so, that's so interesting, especially in, in an opera, when you are one of the few characters not singing Mm -hmm. opera is a very um chauvinistic i guess uh of the performing arts it's very much stop i'm gonna sing for you and uh and that's interesting i've never thought about the staging for the people who aren't part of that moment
1: yes you can see how they are they start building everything and because i'm also a director and i work in small companies sometimes I see what they do and I think, okay, how I can do the same thing with $500? <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, of course, it's like, fine, guys, you have the budget to do this monstrous opera where everything moves around and the lighting change all the time and you can see, like, you're in the mountains, how I can do the same in my house. hmm Or, like, a more like, normal kind of theater and that
0: yes at least fits my imagination that's great are you ever nervous about putting yourself out there with a bold acting choice that might not be received well in in a in a first day of rehearsal or or in a moment where they're like all right just do the scene make a choice have you ever do you ever doubt your choices in those moments no, no, no.
1: Um, but I, I, need, it's not. I need to, to give the credit of such a thing to another person. I'm, uh, I'm. I used to judge myself all the time, and one time, a teacher told me, like, that's in a bad way, arrogant from you. You give your thing, and wait for the no from outside. No, because I cannot read what is right or what is wrong. Because even when someone gives you a script or a complete scene and says, walk from here to there and do this and that, you can take your choice with your body
0: mm-hmm. and
1: your voice. And then if it, if, if it works well, great. If not, you can change it later is the, the whole point of rehearsing
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: particularly at the Met some productions are like don't do much stand up there for 20 minutes looking at the audience (laughs) and sometimes it's like this woman is this kind of woman so this is your track how can you do it with your perspective and you do so and they say yes cool or change it or do it softer or do it bigger and that change from one director to another that's another uh, good thing about the Met you change directors all the time you don't work with the same director so mm-hmm. I've been working with people who's like internationally well known mm-hmm. for like the last four years and some some of them ask for tiny bits time tiny changes and some people says to you please go bold <laughs> with small uh- productions is the same thing Go there and I take my decision and if like if it likes good otherwise you can tell me.
0: It sounds like freeing yourself from your own judgment allows for a lot more growth and feedback because you don't know if it's gonna work if you don't do it.
1: Yeah, and also like working in the States, you realize that sometimes you are categorized like in a few boxes mm-hmm. and then when you do your thing, you don't, you don't go in any of those, bo- those boxes. So it's a, it's a surprise for the people looking at you. And mm. it's a good surprise.
0: Did you always know you wanted to be on the stage? No,
1: no, initially I wanted to be a psychologist. Then I started uh, studying sociology. And while studying sociology, I realized theater is very much a sociological
0: activity. Mm. How so, uh,
1: so? We keep playing with traditional theater and trying to like rewrite it, remake it uh, in a nowadays perspective. And that's, that's talking about societies all the time. People write new plays because they need to talk about the things that are happening right now in the moment. And... Um, Sometimes uh, sociology is just about, you know, percentage of people and census and who's A, one, two, three, like the different scale in society. But in theater, you can be see those roles. When you see Comedia del Arte, you know who's the pow- who has the power, who has the power, why in the narrative the one who, who has less power is the most important character in the play. What moves us, what's Make us stuck in a situation and we cannot like change it at all when the power is in the individual and when the power is in the politics. You can read all of those things doing one play. So I found myself saying this is a soci- sociological kind of exercise more than sociology, even when I keep wow. books about sociology. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And I, uh, you know, and even looking at plays, um like plays that George Bernard Shaw wrote. I mean, that was the 1800s and they are so absolutely relevant. He wrote such strong women to, he was so ahead of his time in terms of writing strong women and, uh, and even plays uh, like spring awakening initially was a play just about going th- through adolescence and sexuality and all that. And then, it's now been turned into a musical off of that play it's so relevant that's yeah that's, that's so same. interesting
1: last year I did a play with a French director a female and her reading of Salome for example to say something changed r- drastically like Salome was this kind of beachy adolescent or she was like stuck in a kind of like so- social structure when. She has another power but her body.
0: Has it always been smooth sailing or have you been on the struggle bus a few times?
1: Sometimes I see a play where I know I can do it, but I don't want to play the role. Mm -hmm. No, I don't want to play a maid again. Thank you very much. (laughs) I understand why I can't play the maid, but uh, someone with my accent can play other things but the maid. And... I have the knowledge of it and also I have the freedom to say no. Mm -hmm. When I arrived to this country I remember like I had a group of theater and at some point we went to Westchester to have like a day in a beautiful house in front of a lake you know it was like whoa. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And during the night the grandparents of one of the members of the company was there. And we ate dinner and we had a few gin and tonics and those things. And I remember the grandma of this friend of mine, she asked me why you came to the States and why are you staying in the States and what you want to do theater in the States. And I answered those questions. And at some point she looked at me and she said, you know, when with your face and your accent, you just can play two roles the rest of your life here. And I remember my, my friends, both of them, the, the granddaughter and the other guy, were like, don't say
0: that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I said, guys, cool, relax. And I answered to the woman, yes, if I understand the world as you understand it, I can play two roles. It's, if I understand the world as, as I understand it, I can play more than eight
0: mm-hmm
1: it's yes so going back to your first question yes i i wait for the feedback but i'm not innocent in the feedback mm-hmm. do you
0: mm-hmm. understand
1: me?
0: yes yes
1: things happen to me sometimes and what that happened to me i have my answers to put everyone in the right place yes
0: yes people have told you that you can you can be the maid that's that's basically what you get to do and that's unfair in a situation when you have all these skills but you have obviously not allowed that to dictate anything in your career in your life you're just like sure okay bye I'll do what I want to now thank you
1: or I can be a maid but I'll be the maid of the mates, you know, um, this play Let me think the author, now I lost his name, uh, Jean Cheney. I mm-hmm. don't know if you read The Maids. These are two mates playing the Madame of the house and talking about their position.
0: Mm. And
1: talking how they are, what they are, because she, the, ma- the Madame of the house is like 25. She's younger and beautiful and rich. So if I play a maid, I would like to play a maid saying, giving a message, saying something about the position in society.
0: Yes. Yes. And that's that's true of, of all female roles. <laughs> I feel like I've looked at a few there and, and you read through or even just watching, uh, we were talking about Cheers earlier and how mm-hmm. the men have great storylines and character development and they're very funny and then the women diane just gets nothing she just gets ridiculed for being an intelligent educated woman
1: and then they have i think ashley allen is the name of the actress after like that character when that character is out of the of tears ashley allen plays the manager of the play. And for example, one day she started to use bigger clothes. So everyone asked her if she gained weight. So besides being in, like in my frame, you can talk about my accent and being Latin American, but also you can talk about my age and what I can play because I'm getting closer to 40 or because I'm round. So if she's round, she cannot be sexy. So all the time you need to, it's like playing tag. I feel like sometimes, actresses, we are playing tag all the time and you don't want to be tag. So you're all the time, like, fulfilling yeah. the 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 shadow space.
0: Mm-hmm. If you
1: put me here, I'll move here and I'll show you that I can do this other thing. Um, if you think because I'm brown, I cannot be sexy, I'll go here and I'll show you this other thing. Or because I'm close to 40, I cannot be have some dreams. I'll move again. So it's plain tag between what you receive and what you want to do.
0: Mm -hmm. You've been delving into other aspects of the theater world. You mentioned you direct, uh, you create, and you mentioned theater to the people. How did you, how did that come to be? What made you decide to form this community?
1: I the last three years I've been teaching with another female Kate Bell she's from here and one time I talked to her about the desire that I have to teach to uh, like a bilingual kind of class of theater where we can talk English and Spanish or other languages because mm-hmm. when I arrived I didn't speak English and, and I was like I was lucky enough to find people who does physical theater in the city so I was able to take classes even when I couldn't talk at first. Uh, But always I thought, oh, can you imagine the amount of people that they want to do things but they can't until they feel fluid in English. So I shared this desire with her. she said, I want to do the same with people affected by gentrification. So we thought, okay, maybe we can put recent immigrants and people affected by gentrification and talk about the theme of home. And there's a tension, you know? Mm-hmm. People who just arrived thinking they arrived to the Mecca. And they put some things from this country like higher than themselves and higher than their countries or original countries. And then you have people that is feeling pushed from their neighborhoods and their houses because rent is going up and up and up and up. So I thought, okay, what happens if we put this group of people, which come from different perspectives together, and we talk about things that w- we all deal on a regular basis lives, and see which kind of theater we can come up from those dialogues. Dialogues with a lot of tension sometimes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Sometimes you have this, and sometimes you have, like, mm. like discourse. Yes. Yeah. So that was the the first desire, and we, for that reason, we created theater to the people. And as a director, yes, going back to your previous question, yes, I directed a play. The name is Obligation. You are, and it's about a female who even now she has more possibilities because she was uh, raised in another concept of reality the no lives inside of herself because I think besides society now says to us you can do this you can do that you you are all all the things that you want to be you can be also the no is still sometimes inside the doubt that can we can I yes you can but you know education is like a tricky thing because then a raised education is like untingled like a kind of ball. Of-
0: mm-hmm. Yes, it's
1: not easy and I think we struggle with that all the time, all of us.
0: Yeah. Do you, do you believe that theatre should be accessible to everyone even if they don't want to pursue it professionally? Do you think it's important to have...?
1: Yes. Yes. Yes, no doubt. Of another uh, important point in theatre to the people is for people from 18 and above. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when I try to find new students, they ask me, do you have classes for kids? And I explain to all of them that the city take care of kids. We have many, 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 many program for, programs for kids. But when you become an adult, you need to pay your bills, put your shoot together, you know, mm. and I think having once a week a space where you can talk, you can create characters, even when you're not an actor, you can bring a song that you like, a poem, and put it out and create any kind of dialogue with others through theatre, I think it's uh, like a healthcare kind of service.
0: Yeah, it's it's almost like therapy.
1: Yes. Yes, it is. Even when I don't do like, you know, therapeutic theater. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for example, now with COVID, I have a lot of people that they are doing like home working. But also I have people that because they are like working class, they are still taking the subway and going to their jobs and doing what they need to do, otherwise they don't have food in their houses. And Every Monday you think everyone is seeing reality as you, until someone raised their hand and said, eh, I'm taking this away.
0: Yeah.
1: And the subway is still crowded and not everyone has a mask on and we are not six feet apart because the subway came maybe too late and everyone needs to be on time at work. So yes, it is therapeutical but also creates community in a more abroad kind of sense.
0: Mm-hmm. Gives you new perspectives. Especially in, in reading plays, even if you're not in theater. It's just like reading reading books or or watching a movie. It puts you I think reading plays puts you in a different it feels more personal. Mm-hmm when you have to actually be saying the words that are coming from this person that is not you, Mm -hmm. a different perspective than your own. Outside of acting, what do you find yourself passionate about? Nowadays,
1: I'm working a lot with objects. I'm working with aluminum. I'm trying to create, like, the topography of mountains in my house. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm doing that. And I'm trying to create, like, the sunrise and the sundown and rain inside of my house because as like nature is saying to us like guys this is
0: enough
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'm thinking if one day we cannot see mountains anymore if one day rain for real becomes something that is threatening you know Mm -hmm. so i'm trying to play with that and stop motion in my house And then I'm working with an overhead projector and trying to create uh, the night and the cosmos. So yes, besides acting, I play around with, you know, regular objects, things that we wrap up a sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like 10 meters of it and I try to take sounds out of it and different images and qualities.
0: Wow. So you've been able to find a whole other part of your creative brain and body that, that yeah. occupying your time and, and is a great outlet.
1: And has nothing to do with the things that I can play because of my
0: image. Mm-hmm. That's important to to find things outside of your identity that you or others have assigned to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any advice for someone who is struggling to find where they, where they quote-unquote fit in? <sighs>
1: yes. And it's, I'm sorry, it's not polite. And it's in French. <laughs> Don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> claro. The, the thing is, how you can say to someone, you know, fuck off. I can do it. And I can try it out. And it's not about the final result. It's not about the success of the result. It's you trying out something that you weren't supposed to try. Mm. And I think that is the most important thing and refreshing for anyone in different 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 levels. So if someone is struggling, like find, find, a, find a friend in the more deep meaning of the world like, find someone who says, yes, I would like to see your thing or say yes to yourself, you know? Keep trying it. Because saying no to someone is the most, like, eh. it's so easy to say no.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's so easy to say no to yourself or to others. Don't mm-hmm. come with a new perspective, please. We, you know, we wake up, we brush our teeth, Uh, we eat breakfast. Why you want to do the things in another way? Because I want to. So go and Mm -hmm. try it out. But for real, try it out. Yeah. If I listen, if in my past, if when I was 20-something, I listen all the notes that I received, I've been working in an office and I have three children by now. And I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying like you're like Yes, I can. No, sometimes you struggle, you cry, you cry, you doubt, but keep trying because in the long term, things change. But it's because you're pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To wrap the interview up, it's time to ask our final two questions. I ask the same two questions to everyone who comes through the podcast. The first question, what is your second favorite color? My second favorite color.
1: Violet. Lilac.
0: Lilac? Yeah. What do you like about lilac?
1: Is that thing between colors, of course, but also has something to do with the sunset and calms me down.
0: And then our last question. What, in your opinion, is the best part of being a woman?
1: <laughs> Girl. And... Um, I think the best part of being a woman is...
0: You can have multiple. <laughs> we are fun-
1: we are fundamental, but because of our history, we have many layers in the understanding of reality. So we are fundamental, but we have... People talk to us that we are just like this recipe of babies, <laughs> you know? And we care of others and we are not that. So we understand reality in a more, I don't know how to say it.
0: We broad.
1: yes, broad reality. We are like a prisma. Ahí está. Mm. We are a prisma. Mm-hmm. You think it's only one thing, but we when you put light through, it
0: opens. Mm-hmm. The ability to see all the different aspects. From you said the mental, we are a very mental, uh, a mental sex. But I think have yeah, it's like that that moment of walking into a room and already having a sense of what's just happened in there. You, mm-hmm. feed, you feed off of all of those energies and those differences.
1: But not just that, the other day I put in my Facebook a list of grants and funds, emergency grants and funds, during Mm COVID-19. And initially I asked for help, like, if someone can help me, please send me information. They were like all female. Mm. So what you realize is they are looking for help to themselves, but then they share I didn't receive not even one message from a guy. I'm not saying guys are selfish. I'm not saying that. I'm saying we are, we have this double movement since we born between individuality but also social care.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So this sisterhood. Yes, this tension it's in each thing that we do. Mm. Mm. It's a double. It's, uh, we have this kind of double movement inside of our souls. And mm-hmm. you can see it all the
0: time. Yeah, thank you so much for joining thank us you. today, Julia. Thank you. you. You're you're such a breath of fresh air, and you have such interesting perspectives. I I always appreciate your um knowledge and your phrasing. You have a really beautiful way of of choosing your words very specifically thank you yeah no very that's much. it's i i'm i'm not great at that i have to like say 10 words before i can even find the what i'm looking for you're so you're you're very specific in those in those words thank you to our listeners for tuning in again be safe stay healthy and show the world what you're made of